Welcome to Casual Talk Radio Podcast found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister, I'm your host. Thank you for dialing in today, whether you're an existing subscriber or a new listener. We welcome everybody. Got a couple things to get out of the way first, and then we're going to get right into our topic for today. Casualtalkradio.net. That's our website. Check it out for all of our different podcast episodes, past and present. We're constantly making updates. We're refining the website experience. If you have any feedback, we'd appreciate hearing it. You can hit the contact link at the top, fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio, and it may be played on the air. Who knows? Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. I thought today's episode was perfect to talk about contracts. I'm not talking in the legal sense of it, although there will be some inklings of this. I'm referring to how contracts are abused and how you may be subject to an abusive contract and what you might consider doing with it. If you're new, by the way, welcome. My name is Leister. I'm your host today. If you're not new, you know I jump around topics, so you're not, you're used to it. Today, contracts. I wanted to talk about contracts. So here's what happened. Here's the background of this business. If you're new, this is a, I'll refresh as much as I can without wasting your time. But those that have listened to me for a while, they've heard me rant about my endeavors and the nonsense with my contacts and everything going on. And I'm slated to get the hell out of here finally the next Friday. That's the plan. But I'm waiting on a callback from a place that's in Missouri that I actually have my eye on that I really wanted to get into because it's, it's dirt cheap. It's a really nice place. It's got everything I want. And it's where I really want to go. Cause I was told by the uh, first endeavor that I can pretty much live wherever I want to. And I want to get the hell out of Nevada. So that's on deck. But separately from this with the first endeavor, I go to a contact, the contact is who pays me. And I don't like the dude. He's, he's kind of getting out of control. And this is what drove and inspired my topic for today about contracts. First, let me put these into some buckets to make it a little bit easier to consume. You have contracts that are implied, implied contract. You've probably heard the term. An implied contract is one where it's not in writing. It's implied by the nature of the interaction that drove the agreement that created kind of an implied contract. An implied contract, the simplest example I can give you is consent, sexual consent. Yes. If you consent to sex, there's an implied contract. It's not a real contract. It's implied. It is implied that both people came to consent that this is what they want to do. And thus it was allowed and acceptable and legal within the state. However, that contract is immediately null and void. If it turns out, for example, that one of the parties was underage. Now we know that there's bias against men in this, but still, if one of the parties was underage, the contract is null and void because it's illegal. You cannot have a contract that is enforceable but not legal. It's not, there's never going to be a situation. So it must be legal on its face in order for the contract, even if it's an implied contract to be acceptable. Then you have contracts that are hard and written. So it's in black letters. Something is agreed to in terms. The contract even written must still fall within the bounds of the law. You cannot have a contract that's written that you fall back on where it depends on things that are illegal which is why it's very important that if you ever sign any contract at all, you make sure that what's stated is legal in the state that you live in because the protections are going to be state level more often than not. Certainly there are some federal protections, but the vast majority of your protections are state level. 
This is the reason why in almost every contract, you will have terms that say something to the effect of the, pro the provisions and clauses in this contract are under the state of Nebraska or the state of Tennessee or the state of Florida because the jurisdiction, as they refer to it, is to their favor, whoever it is that issued the contract. They want it under the terms of the state that favors them, not necessarily you. Well, you may be surprised to understand that you sign contracts all the time. When you open a new account, a banking account, for example, there's a contract there. Now, here's the trick. Not everything you agree to in a contract is legally enforceable. A great example of this is mandatory arbitration. Mandatory arbitration essentially says, we're stopping you from suing us because we could screw you and we're forcing you to go to this company who is aligned with us if there's ever a dispute. In some states, it's illegal to force arbitration. In some states, you have the right to sue a company where you can prove that they have wronged you in some way. Second, if the company has done something illegal, that arbitration, mediation, none of that applies because they broke the law. As long as you can prove it, that is what it is. This extends then to employment contracts. You may be surprised to understand that when you accept a job offer and there's an offer letter generally generated for you to review and sign, this is a form of a contract in a sense. The trick is that employment, full-time employment, I'll get to contract in a second, full-time employment in the vast majority of states in the United States is considered at will, meaning that they can terminate you whenever the heck they feel like it. Now, they have a catch. They can't terminate you for something that is against the law. They can't terminate you for something that is flat-out illegal. The problem is it's near impossible for you to prove it unless if it's a larger issue. So let's say gender discrimination. If you're the only person that has had some sort of a negative outcome happen in the workplace, you're going to have a very difficult time proving it. If there's like two or three people and you all have the same situation and you happen to talk to each other and you happen to compare notes and you came up with a pattern or you tied it to a single person that was there, it's easier for you to prove the case. So the burden of proof often is going to fall on you as the one who's the accuser versus the employer. That's the flaw of that will employment is that although there is somewhat of a contract there, it allows them to circumvent the terms of the contract by simply saying, as an example, you know, we're, our money is running dry. This happened with Google, happened with Amazon. Money's running dry. We overestimated something. We overcalculated our demand. We, we, our shareholders, something happened, or we thought this product was going to make some money and we got it wrong. And so we have to cut some staff, right? And it's layoffs, quote unquote. Now there are some notification requirements and things that they have to do as part of this, but nothing stops them from doing it. That's my point. Nothing protects you on the job. C-levels usually will have something in their agreement where it's beyond an offer letter. There's actually a contract that they sign that says, you can't just fire me straight out of the gate. Or if you do, you have to pay me X, Y, Z. Companies are too stupid to ignore high-paid college degrees when they're screening high-level C-levels. They just look at the degree and names that you worked at. They don't vet any of it. So they'll bring that person in. That's what happened with C-levels like John Stump and Wells Fargo where the guy was basically ripping people off and he got lied in front of Congress yet got a golden parachute on the way out and never punished. This is the beauty of contracts at the executive level. But the low-level person can get cut, laid off. You remember some time ago, Disney. Disney actually threatened their people and said, you will train your offshore replacements or you will not get a severance. 
that was actually treated as perfectly legal because there was a notice that was given. They offered a severance as what it was, and they did it for cost-cutting reasons, but that will allow them to do it. So when you're now on the contract side, and when I say contract, I refer to temp agencies. I refer to 1099s like myself. I refer to W-2 contracts if you go to like a temp agency. Anywhere there's an agreement for you to perform work services with or for some sort of a company. But it also includes the gig worker contract because as a gig worker, so think your DoorDashes of the world, Ubers of the world, you have a contract that you have signed with that organization to perform the services under that brand. And you can't just do whatever you want, right? You have to do it according to their terms. The car has to be what they agree. The, the hours, you can't just work any hours. It has to be what they agree to. This was the big deal with Amazon Flex. Amazon Flex will only let you do it their way. So when they tell you, you have to come here, you got to park here, you have to wear a mask, you have to do this and do this, and it's only these schedules, and you're not guaranteed a schedule, are you really independent at that point? Only in as far as they're willing to allow you to be. But there's that's constrained by the contract that you sign. But again, goes back to, is everything in the contract perfectly legal? In the case of the gig worker, it's kind of ambiguous, which is why there was so many, so much pushback from many states saying you need to give these workers more rights because chances are you're ripping them off. And we know that they are. They don't pay that much. It's good for people who don't want to work full time. And it's good for people who want to make some extra money. It's good for those people who are kind of homebound, but they want to get out, right? No problem. All of this is to summarize the contract is critical. It's vital that you read it, vital that you understand it, and most importantly, vital that you understand your rights. Contact an attorney if you're not sure, but it's important that you understand your rights. The reason this came up then, that's, I wanted to preface, but the reason this came up, my first endeavor, again, I have a contact who pays me. The contact then is contracted with the client who I do work for, so it's this trinity. The contact's an idiot, and he's a little bit out of his league when he tries to talk to me because he doesn't understand what he's dealing with. I work for myself. I am independent, truly independent. I'm 1099. I work for myself, always have. So there's certain things I will and will not do. And I've told the client that, and I've told this guy that. Today, I needed to inform the contact that the engagement in question, which is the first endeavor, is going to terminate. The current engagement is going to terminate. My work is extending, but this engagement is going to terminate in a year's time. Now, the contract in question was for two years. Okay, so I've been on for a year. It's going to terminate in a year. That's the end of the contract term. That's normal. And they're just not going to renew it. That's fine. We knew this. So apparently, this guy has been going around like he's not supposed to, contacting all these different people, trying to understand what was this and trying to understand what's going on here and all this stuff. Meanwhile, there's a different engagements happening that I do because I'm 1099. I work for myself. So I had to tell him this engagement looks like it's going to wrap up after the year. So it's not going to renew after the year. And it is what it is. And he comes back telling me that don't put that in the email. Don't tell me this. Don't do that. And I had to chew this dude out because in his own, he said in his own contract that, no, you can't take the terms. You can't do this. You can't. I had to copy his own contract back to him that says, we are independent as in him and me are independent. We can't bind each other. We can't represent each other. We can't commit each other, which means he can't tell me jack nothing. I can't tell him jack nothing other than what goes to getting paid, which is all I have done. 
you will pay me and you will follow these terms and you will do what I tell you to pay me or I'll take your ass to collections. That's, that's, how, that's the extent of my communication to him is I need to get paid. Here, because I know the engagement is terminating after the year, I'm giving him the courtesy to letting him know this is not going to renew after the year, which it's not. So it's in the contract that I must let him know the moment that I know anything is changing. So for him to come back and try to tell me I can't tell him these things, number one, violates the contract. Number two, violates 1099 rules because I'm independent. I don't work for him. He doesn't tell me what to do. I tell him what to do under the grounds of getting paid, which is what we're talking about here. So I read in the riot act straight up. He comes back again, saying the same crap again. And I had to chew him a new one again on his own contract. This told me, and this is my moral to you guys and gals. This told me. This idiot didn't even sign. He didn't read the contract he signed that he gave to me. And I see this all the time. I have my, on my uh, second endeavor, same thing. They have verbiage in the contract. I didn't like a couple of things. In this case, it wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't worth fighting it because it was a quick deal. It was pretty easy to get in. And that's the one that pays me every week. So I wasn't too much worried about it. But in this same contact for the second endeavor, I've worked with them before. And in the other one, I had them change verbiage in the contracts. I'm like, that's, nope, you're changing that, you're changing that. And we got the deal done, and then that one had to back out of the deal because of COVID. But in the same situation, it's like, if your contract says stuff I don't like, I'm going to call you out on it. But you better make sure you read your own contract before you communicate to me, because I happen to be one of those rare few people who will read the darn contract. If it turns out that I needed the business, right, if there are some times when, like uh, in 2020, I needed the business. It is what it is. I'll accept this terms for now because I can always get a different contract and go somewhere else. So I did accept some not so good terms to just close the deal. But if I'm working like I am now, two different engagements and I'm happy and settled and, and steady state, I'm not going to worry about this at all. What I am going to do is make sure at the end of the day, I'm not going to allow somebody to contradict their own contract when they communicate to me. And I'm not going to allow somebody trying to dictate to me when I work for myself, nor will I allow somebody to violate the law when communicating to me because I will call them out on it. This told me we're, this is a good change. The change is scheduled to happen here soon. This whole business internally, I am changing. I'm shifting. I'm updating. I'm, my, I'm modifying. I'm getting everything back in flow. And this is all a good change. So that's the first endeavor. And I don't know where it's going to go other than, I think it's a good change. If he's pissed off, I think it's a good change. That's my point. So then my second endeavor, which has just been going, and they've been kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're having a rough time. It's not me. They're doing the project wrong. And if you go back to one of my episodes I did back in November here at casualtalkradio.net, I mentioned, you know, this is going to go very bad. It's not going to go very well. Here we are. And it went really bad. And they're learning Every time they turn around, they're learning something else that's going wrong. And I think, I hope, I think they're getting to the point where they understand, you know what, this was, this could have been done better. We just have to keep going because we're already too deep in it, but this could have been done better and we're going to have to redo a lot of this stuff and waste our time, which of course means you're paying me a lot more money than you should be because you could have done this right up front. And instead you did it wrong up front and you got to pay me for that privilege. I don't mind helping them, but... Again, this is something that was all preventable and avoidable. And I'm going to have to really consider whether or not I ask for more money 
from them because of the level of effort necessary to get them back on track. Because it's a lot of effort. You know, it's, it's my rate. It's my given rate, these guys. But because it's not full on 1099, I get a little bit cut out on it. So I had to debate, okay, do I start asking more money from you guys? I don't want to, but you didn't listen to me back in November when I told you otherwise. So moral of the story, it doesn't matter if it's a contract for a new banking account. It doesn't matter if it's a contract for a car you're buying. It doesn't matter if it's a contract for a house you're buying. It doesn't matter if it's a contract for an apartment you're renting or a house you're renting. It doesn't matter if it's a contract for a full-time work, contract for contract work, contract for gig work. It doesn't matter the nature of the contract. My message to every last person listening here, make sure anytime you're asked to sign something that is committing you to something, it's basically an agreement, whether that's an end user license agreement or terms of service or something else you are agreeing to, make sure you understand it. Make sure you read it. Make sure you wrap your head around what it is that you are sacrificing because chances are you're being asked to give something up. Make sure you're okay with what it is that you're giving up. Make sure you don't just give of yourself without fully understanding what it is that you're giving up. The reason I think it's important is because a lot of people later in life, don't re- they may not care as much, sure, but I think we're getting to a world now, in my opinion, that a lot of these businesses feel like they can take advantage of people because they realize they're not reading all this stuff. And it's important that you read it and make sure that you protect yourself and keep yourself safe. Sometimes you're not at liberty to push back, especially if it's a job, right? And you need the work and you got to pay bills and keep a roof over. And I understand. That's why I said, just make sure you understand what it is you're sacrificing, if nothing else. Then what I would recommend is work towards some alternate arrangement that gets you away from a bad agreement. If you know it's crap, if you know it's a garbage agreement, find some way to get away from it later. Make a plan to get out of that. I wouldn't recommend staying in it unless you really, it doesn't bother you that much. But chances are there's something in there that's not to your best interest. Just make sure you understand that. And again, contact an attorney if you're not sure. I'm not telling you that every contract is shady or scummy, but the vast majority probably are. Have an attorney look at it if they need to and translate and just make sure that you understand what it is that you're giving up so that you don't give up things that you're not aware of until it's too late. That's all we've got here today on Casual Talk Radio, Gentleman's World. Hopefully it's been informational, educational, and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday, so we'll be back for our next episode. Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. We will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process that's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at casualtalkradio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted, or you can add it to your platform of choice. For now, take care, and I will see you on our next upload.